0: Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. With the NFL season a week away and the Ringer's fantasy football coverage gearing up, we have released our first ever fantasy football Hall of Fame. We assembled a panel of voters, including Bill Simmons, Cousin Sal, Robert Mays, Mallory Rubin, and more to induct the 25 best fantasy football players of all time. You can find the rankings by going directly to fantasyfootball.theringer.com. And for more fantasy football coverage, check out the Danacy Football Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Basketball is very good. The Rockets should bring back Melo. Devin Booker is actually a winning player. Bruno Caboclo will win Brazil the World Cup. Basketball is very good.
1: Hello and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. This is the group chat. I am Justin Verrier and joining me on the Subway Fresh Take Hotline. It is the Ringer's own JT, Jonathan Charks. What's up, Charks? Do we have a subway promotion now? Or is that just you saying that? That's just me calling back to the uh, to the OG. You don't remember listening to that with uh, Bill's podcast? Vaguely. Yeah, really
0: vaguely. Okay. I thought I'd get some
1: free subway out of it or something, but I guess not. Hopefully I haven't upset all of the advertisement uh, people at The Ringer or Bobby. Bobby, have I upset you by this news? No, you haven't. Okay. I do everything for Bobby, so this is important. Uh, Today we're going to get into some FIBA World Cup action. We're going to break down with Sharks The Most Interesting Men in the World, in parentheses, cup. That's how, I I don't know if you got (laughs) that. Nice.
0: That's a good editor headline right there.
1: I love it. If only I could use that in a headline. I actually might still use that in the headline, so I'm going to reserve the should. rights. Yeah, uh, But first, we just want to address the uh, news about DeMarcus Cousins right before we came on uh, to do this podcast. It's about 1 p.m. Pacific on Thursday afternoon. Uh, an arrest warrant was issued for Cousins on a misdemeanor dis- uh, domestic violence charge uh, and it has been issued in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Cousins has been in the news lately. This is a pretty serious situation. Um, There's really not much to discuss beyond that. Uh, But just the fact that there is an arrest warrant out for a multi-time NBA All-Star is significant. I don't think we've had one of these in a very long time. Uh, Obviously, a situation we're going to be tracking over the next couple days. But uh, for now, we're going to turn our attention to the World Cup. Uh, It starts Sunday. In China. Heck yeah. Basketball is back, people. (laughs) Somewhat. Kind Uh, of. Unfortunately for us on the Pacific Coast, uh, that basketball will be playing primarily in the early morning hours. The hours before Justin does not get up. Uh, Not a morning person, Justin? (laughs) Not a 5.30 in the morning person, uh, which I believe is the start time for Team USA's first game against the Czech Republic on Sunday. are you going to be up for that one? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the central
0: time, so it's perfect for me, 7.30. You know, get up, have a little have a little uh, breakfast, watch the basketball. I'm loving it. I'm a morning person, so no big deal for me.
1: A little Bogdan Bogdanovich in bed? What could be better? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's never a bad time for that. <laughs> never a bad time. So we're going to go through a couple of the key players uh, in this year's tournament. You can read a bunch on Team USA and some of the other teams on our website. Uh, Zach Cram wrote... A statistical perspective of USA's roster in comparison to some of, uh, I think every team since the dream team and just pretty much all bad. This roster is by comparison. Uh, Danny Chow wrote uh, today, Thursday, about teams that can knock off Team USA, the Greases, the Serbias. We'll get into that, uh, and then there's a, a few other pieces on the site. We've been tracking this throughout September or uh, throughout August, and we're going to be tracking it into September. Uh, so we're going to go through, not necessarily the best players in the tournament, but specifically the guys that we are most interested in, specifically the guys that Charks is most interested in, because uh, I think he'll be following that uh, this tournament more than anybody else. But let's start with the biggest name in the tournament, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo of Greece. Uh, Charks, you're super interested in seeing the reigning MVP in this setting, no?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was we were talking about this for the podcast, but... He's like easily the best player in this tournament. And it really feels like this is the first time that the best, the guy who could be the best player in the world is like not American, right? Right. You go from like LeBron, Kobe, Duncan, Jordan, Bird and Magic, Kareem, like the very, very, very best player is always American. So, like, team would say, since the dream team has always been able to say, well, we have the best guy here. If it comes down to it, like if we send our best guy, who's going to have the best guys here. But for the first time, like they don't like right next year in the Olympics, who is team USA going to send better than Giannis?
1: No one. It's a great question. It really depends on how some of the guys develop over the course of the season, how many guys actually show up, uh, which was obviously the big question going into this tournament. I would first point to Anthony Davis Because before Giannis really took off last season and perhaps even the season before that, Davis was supposed to be on this trajectory as the top player in all of basketball. And I think he can get back on that, but definitely Giannis has a head start. Does that
0: sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I guess Kawhi would be there, but I'm guessing he's probably not going to play in the Olympics. He's never been a Team USA guy.
1: Right. The other guy I could think about is just Harden, who has Team USA experience. I'm not sure... If he's going to want to go back again, he's really he's over thirty at this point. I think he's gotten two gold medals, so probably not, right? Yeah, he's really past the point where a lot of guys have uh, the frontline guys have historically wanted to come back. So yeah, it really could be eighty versus Giannis. How really cool would determine that be? By the that, way, that would be incredible. I mean, these are probably uh, maybe one, two in MVP voting in this upcoming season as well. Yeah, and I mean, if
0: you look at it like this, Team USA roster. Who's going to guard Giannis? They play Greece. It's going to have to be probably Jalen Brown. Like, No offense, but that's not going to go very well, I don't think.
1: Yeah, so what are you most interested in seeing from Giannis? Because obviously, we saw him take a next step in his game. Obviously, the Bucks, uh put together a roster that really kind of fit his game and really brought out the best in him. You saw a lot of point Giannis kind of driving from the top of the key and all the shooters from uh, who were able to get open looks from there. Uh, Are there any specific skills you're looking to see Giannis improve upon, maybe specifically after that loss to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for sure it's the jump shot. That's the last time we saw Giannis, Kawhi pretty much exposed him. He just locked him up, pushed him out of the paint, and he couldn't score over Kawhi in the perimeter. And I think that's the final piece for Giannis. Because he was making threes a little bit in the playoffs. But if he keeps getting better on that, his jumper has improved over the last three or four years. And now it's like, that's the final piece for him. It's a lot kind of like LeBron. You remember when LeBron was first coming up and in the NBA finals a couple of times against Dallas, against San Antonio, He was given that a jumper and he couldn't hit it. And that was the final piece for him is knocking down those like 20 footers, 23 footers consistently. And if Giannis can make that shot in this setting, like... Who's going to stop him? Like Greece could be anybody fantasize in jump shots.
1: Yeah, I guess my concern is that if the wall that we saw get put up against Giannis, it was so successful in the NBA in the NBA playoffs, I do wonder if a team as deep as Team USA can just do something similar. I mean, that's the question. I think people I'm looking at the Greece roster,
0: so they got they don't have any NBA players, but they got a few guys I think who can space the floor for him. So they got his younger brother. I guess now actually NASA is an NBA player, technically. He got that uh, <laughs> right. J.R. Smith, Chris Smith thing going for him in Milwaukee.
1: Oh, man. What a long summer it's been that I completely forgot about that.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. That was headline news. They got him. They got uh, Kossus, Papa Nicolau. Do you remember him from Houston a few years ago? No. Like a... Well, he, was, he was like a six-day guy came off the bench. They have Nick Kalithis, 6'6 six, six point guard. He played for like the Grizzlies for a while.
1: Okay. I know him. And...
0: and They have a guy, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a former Texas Longhorn. I'm going deep cuts here. His name is uh, Giannis Pabi Petru. He's a six foot eight, small forward. So I think they can put like four, six, 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 seven, six, eight guys around Giannis who can shoot threes. So I think that gives them a chance if he's going to be unstoppable.
1: Yeah, that's the interesting question there because it does feel like, and I don't have the statistics to back this up, but like it does feel like looking back at Team USA's history, there is one guy that often emerges and in this setting for some reason it it just feels like one guy takes over and ultimately wins a lot of games for you?
0: Well, one guy, I mean, just like, it's like any basketball team, right? One guy yeah. kind of takes control of the team. He's the guy. Everyone recognizes it. You look at, uh, I think it was the 2010 World Championships in Turkey. That's really when Durant kind of stepped forward. Like, okay, I, I'm Kevin Durant. I'm a superstar. I'm the best player here and the best player in this tournament. But the U.S. this year doesn't have that guy, really. It just feels like this is the year when they play Giannis, when they play Jokic, they're going to be at a disadvantage in terms of having the best player on the court.
1: Yeah. Well, let's actually pivot to those some of those Team USA guys right now. Uh, the next most interesting guys you have listed are the trio of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Donovan Mitchell, who at this point are the three best, perhaps only wing options for Greg Popovich in this tournament. How do you forget about Harrison Barnes? <laughs> How did I? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Harry B. Uh, so Team lo- USA linchpin. So it looks like Pop has settled on four of his five starters, right? So it's his. he's kind of mixed and matched in the exhibition phase. I don't believe he's used the same starting lineup for every one. Uh, Kem- it's been Kemba a lot, right? It's been a lot of Miles Turner. It's been a lot of Barnes. And there's the last one, Mitchell. Yeah,
0: so the backcourt—it seems pretty set. bust exhibition game. I think it'll be Kemba and Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. Barnes at the four, Miles Turner at the five, and he has been like going two guys to three. He's played. He started Jason Tatum a game to three, Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton.
1: Okay, so you're really hoping that either a Brown or a Tatum steps up into the kind of the, the void there, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Kemba's going to be the primary guy. But we've already pretty much seen that in the NBA for like five years now. Kemba Walker as your primary option. So really, it's who's the number two? Like, is it Donovan Mitchell? Is it Jason Tatum? Probably not Jalen Brown, but I think Mitchell or Tatum, like who kind of emerges as the second best player on this, on this team would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I, it does feel like even though Walker is the guy, I mean, I only really watched two minutes uh, of the loss to Australia, uh, which snapped a 70-game uh, a win streak. Uh, by Team USA, either in exhibition or uh, in live games. And it did feel like Kemba was deferring to Mitchell, or at the very least, Mitchell was the guy to step into that void. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting. I, I do wonder if by simply just stepping up, Mitchell could perhaps be the guy that they're looking for, who who could emerge.
0: It does feel like it's all set up for him, right? Like you look at Utah this season... They're going to have a very different team, a lot more three point shooting. Like, really, the last two years in Utah, he's played in a very restrictive half court system. You know, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, not a lot of space around him, Ricky Rubio. And now he's in a good to Team USA. They're probably playing four out, maybe in five out with three point shooters. The ball's going to move a lot more, hopefully. And like, we're kind of expecting Mitchell to take a big step forward in Utah. And if that's going to happen, I think you want to see it at Team USA too.
1: Right, yeah, because there is a similar setup there. Uh, just for statistical perspective, Mitchell has taken pretty much the same amount of shots as Kemba Walker, but in fewer minutes, uh, he's at 47, and Walker is at 49. I don't know, is, is Kemba much of a comp, though, for Connolly? I imagine that Connolly will be looking to defer way more than Kemba will, because as we've mentioned, it does feel like Kemba, at the very least, has to be something of a veteran leader here.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think uh, you know Conley's more of a pass first, Kemba's really a score at heart.
1: Right. So uh, the floor is open for Mitchell to take the reins. The guy that I was super interested in coming into this tournament and the guy that I expected to take a step forward is Tatum. Uh, but as you mentioned here in our in our doc, uh, he really is kind of thrust into a similar role that he was in with Boston last year when he's he is a talent, but he's surrounded by so much talent. How Like, how featured will he be?
0: Well, this is what I was wondering about playing Harrison Barnes so much. It kind of really boxes you in because if you're going to play Kemba and Mitchell, you kind of have to have Jalen Brown for defense. You need one big man out there. So that that kind of like, I just him out if Barnes is going to play a lot. Like, I was really surprised looking at these these rotations to see Harrison Barnes play too much. That really kind of surprised me.
1: Well, I mean, I guess guess if you have this level of talent, if you just don't have the frontline guys, you really have to go with the guys you rely on. I think, and Pop in particular strikes me as the type of coach who would go with the veterans over some of the guys Mm -hmm. who are going to play through mistakes. And I do think if you have Mitchell, Tatum, maybe even Brown in there playing significant roles, playing significant minutes, there's probably going to be a lot more flubs then you really can afford because the whole thing about Team USA this year is they just don't have the margin for error. They do have the depth of talent, but those are the type of things you just can't really sacrifice. You can't really just play through all these turnovers. Tatum definitely has the talent uh, you would expect considering he's surrounded by a lot of his teammates. Marcus Smart, we mentioned Kembo, we mentioned Brown. Uh, that he has the proper context to really take a step forward, but it really is up to him. And it's kind of similar to how it was last season too. Like, if he is going to be the guy, we kind of need to see him take it, no?
0: You know, I want to see him move the ball a little bit. I feel like when Team USA lost, there was a lot of one-on-one play, the ball stopped moving, very stagnant. And I feel like Tatum, especially in a smaller role, he can kind of get impatient. It's like, oh, I need my touches. I need my shots. And then when he gets the ball, it's like, okay, it's now it's my turn. I get to shoot it. And like to me, what I've always wanted to see from Tatum is more playmaking ability. You even go back to Duke. He was pretty much always, I get my own shot whenever I want, whatever. And I love to see Tatum move the ball, help the guys around him better instead of just kind of like popping in and out of the offense. And I do wonder, it does feel like Pop has made him a sixth man almost. He's only started one game, but he's played third most minutes. And it feels like Pop might be like, you know what, Tatum? Do
1: you, bro. Come in the game and jack some shots. That's cool. The Kobe roll. Just off the bench. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. And especially if you're going to put Kemba in at point guard, it does make sense if Tatum has a little bit more creation duties. Obviously, Gordon Hayward could probably play a little bit more point forward, but it does feel like they're headed more toward some sort of like equal opportunity offense in an ideal, which was honestly kind of the uh, how it was for Brad Stevens in, in a vacuum. Wait, you- you think Boston will be, or sorry, Team USA? Boston will be.
0: Do you think Kemba's going to go for that? I don't
1: know. I feel like Kemba, even though he has been so ball dominant throughout his career, I think he has the type of personality in order to do whatever the team needs. I would not be surprised if he's willing to take a backseat because, like, yeah, he has played a like a pretty significant role in Team USA. But like I mentioned, it it was it felt significant to me to see Mitchell step forward and Kemba not really try to step on that. And that's essentially what you're hoping happens with Tatum too, because as good as Kemba is, I think Boston's ceiling raises significantly if Tatum is your best player.
0: It's tough though, because like if you're running offense through Tatum and he's not passing the ball, it kind of makes things very difficult. Like I feel like Boston could have the same issues this year, right? So you have Kemba, Hayward, Tatum, and then Jalen Brown is your fourth option who wants a new contract. Like, I feel like people are kind of assuming Boston would be great without Kyrie, but there's still a lot of mouse feed in that team.
1: Brown is the last guy we have here who we should talk about quickly. Uh, he's a guy that I thought just made a ton of sense for this team just because they needed some more defense and just the up-and-down nature of international basketball. Uh, it just seems like it really fits his game, and although his uh, his shot is kind of wax and wane, one of the things that we talked about, sharks on a previous pod was just how significant three-point shooting can be in this environment. Uh, So he's a guy I have my eye on. Uh, You would like to see him kind of step up as the defensive maestro, especially with P.J. Tucker gone, especially with Marcus Smart there, but you always have to factor in what he gives away on the offensive end. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything significant you're watching from him? I'm also curious to see
0: if they go super small and move him to the five. Because in mm. international ball, a lot of times you'll see that teams go really small, and you look at Boston next year, right? Their best lineups, like who are their fives? Ennis Cantor and some guy from France. I don't even know. <laughs> sure, uh, they lost
1: Horford. Oh, they have Daniel Tice. Thies? Okay, they have Daniel Tice. But Robert, yeah, the set, oh, center they spot have his is Time Lord. <laughs> they have Time Lord. Yeah, how can we forget Time Lord?
0: It really feels like their best lineups will be like small ball five out lineups. And that puts a lot of pressure on Jalen Brown as their biggest, best athlete to be good defensively.
1: Yeah. And I I believe Michael Pena over at SB Nation recently wrote a piece. Yeah, yeah. I saw an article about that. That's right. So, and I think the, the conceit was Marcus Smart as your small ball five, which makes a lot of sense in a vacuum. I mean, you just go with your best five players. That's what... Uh, ultimately, the NBA is kind of whittling down to, especially in key moments, especially in the playoffs. But, man, you're sacrificing a lot of five. If Tatum is basically your four, just in terms yeah, and, of size. And if you're in the East, right, you got
0: to beat Joel Embiid. You got to beat Giannis. So you're going to have Jalen Brown guard those guys?
1: It's a tough one, but the size thing is is particularly interesting uh, because in, the next guy we have on this list is also creating something of a Twin Towers approach in Indiana next season. That's Demonis Sabonis. Uh, he will be playing with Lithuania. Uh, the interesting thing there, I think, is that the Pacers, what they'll do without Victor Oladipo in the first half of next season, uh, it will really probably come down to how well Sabonis and Miles Turner will mesh together. It's really been a question lingering over the team for about a year plus, pretty much since Sabonis got there in the trade with Oladipo. It seems like just based on the roster construction, they're really going to try to lean into it. And I am of the opinion that it's probably not the worst idea considering that they're two of their more uh, just better players on the roster. But at the same time, it's just like not ideal for either. Is there anything specifically with that in mind you're looking at with Sabonis next to Jonas Valanciunas on this Lithuania team?
0: I think that's exactly what it is. Like, it'll be the same kind of situation where He's the primary scorer, but he'll be playing with a bigger guy. So he'll be playing at the four. And like, how often do you see a team run their offense through a post-up four anymore? Right. (laughs) Like never, basically, right? So, Mm -hmm. and if like, if there's one guy who could do it, it's probably Sabonis. He was freaking dominant last year. He shot 59% from two points. Just crazy.
1: Yes. And he set some of the hardest screens probably in the NBA. So if he he is... He always plays hard if he is theoretically like just the role man type, if we're really going to go black and white here, uh, it would be interesting to see Miles Turner as something of the stretch four because definitely has extended his range. He shot 38.8% from three last season in 2.6 attempts. He shot 35.7% from three on 2.4 attempts uh, the season before that. So there is some data that supports that he could do it. I'm just not sure defensively if that's, Ideal, especially as teams kind of size down specifically at that four spot, and you're asking either Turner or Sabonis to really chase guys in the perimeter. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to have
0: Sabonis guard like the Jalen Browns of the world at three point line.
1: Right. I guess the one thing that's interesting is Turner, as we mentioned before, has stepped up as probably the go to center for Team USA, uh, according to John Schumann, who kind of crunched some of these stats. He's shooting 71% in all of the exhibitions and was a plus 48, and that's in in five opportunities. It's pretty good, and they're definitely going to need him, as we mentioned, because you have the Jokic's and the, and the Giannis's out there kind of lingering in the background. Uh, but Sabonis, extension eligible. Uh, I'm not sure of the specific date, but it usually is around the time uh, when the season starts, when those things have to be wrapped up. Halloween, I think, often that's That's often. It used it, to be. It's really not publicly available. I'm not really sure why they don't do that. Uh, but I think it raises the question of what you really do with Sabonis. Do you make him play out the season and really prove it? Or do you try to lock him in now before, you know, maybe Turner and Sabonis is like a revelation?
0: Yeah, that, it's a tough call. I think you kind of have to see them play together before you can c- give big money to both. And if you look at Sabonis' numbers, so he only averaged 14 points a game, but that's that was in 24, 25 minutes. So if you push him up to per 36, he was at 20 minutes, 20 points a game on almost 60% shooting. And that's still with only a use rate of 23. So like if you make him the primary option and he's at like 27, 28 usage, could he score like 24 points a game in the NBA these days? I don't know, but I'd love to find out. And I think this in Lithuania, we'll see in the same kind of system with another big man how many points can he score if he's trying to like bully guys the basket i don't know
1: yeah i mean it does they could work out some sort of three man timeshare i guess because they also drafted goga in the first oh, yeah, round Go, right. goga badazi am i pronouncing that right we'll just pretend Bidazi. that i am but, oh, whoa. it's a little flair from charts there. I like hey, it. Hey,
0: we're covering the draft, man. We got to know this stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I do wonder, I mean, he's a guy who can shoot, right? That's his whole deal. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's monstrous and he can yeah, shoot. Yeah,
0: yeah, but he can, like, kind of pop out. He's not like Brook Lopez or anything. Okay. He so, has, like, potential to shoot. That's probably a better way to say it.
1: So could they theoretically put together a three-man combination or a three-man rotation where these guys are just versatile enough that they could they can kind of put things together. I mean, TJ Warren is a guy who could flash to the four in small lineups. They still have Doug McDermott, probably not gonna help you on the defensive end, but uh probably a little more fleet of foot than than a guy like Goga. So I don't know. They're well, de- <laughs> that's a that's
0: a foot race I want to see. <laughs> Goga <good>, McDermott.
1: <laughs> Perhaps we'll see that uh in this tournament here. Is Goga playing? He's from Georgia. They're not here in this tournament. Ah,
0: damn. Is Zaza from Georgia? Yeah, the Zaza Pachulia Man. Memorial. Zaza, by the way, now a team consultant for the Warriors. Late breaking news.
1: What a news break by Charks. Uh Let's take a break ourselves. And w- when we come back, we're going to talk about three more guys who we're keeping an eye on at the FIBA World Cup. <laughs> Today's episode of The Ringer NBA Show is brought to you by Floor & Decor. Don't miss out. Floor & Decor is the only one-stop flooring shop that keeps general contractors, flooring specialists, and renovation experts ahead of the game. Thanks to their fully stocked warehouse of hard surface flooring, no job is too big. Job lot quantities of tile wood and stone are in stock and available for convenient worksite delivery. And their dedicated pro services team is here to help make it easy for you to run your business. Offering everything from 14 day product storage to financing solutions. To express pickup. Sign up for Pro Premier Rewards and you'll automatically rack up points that you can exchange for prizes. Plus, you have access to over 15 discounted services to help you grow your business. Explore your local floor and decor and discover how quality flooring products at everyday low prices can completely change your game. Visit flooranddecore.com today to locate the floor and decor nearest you and score savings and service you won't find anywhere else. That's Floor and Decor. Com. All right, we're back. Sharks, Bobby, Justin, we're still talking about the FIBA World Cup. Thank you for sticking with us for this long. Uh, but here's a guy that you probably know. It's Nikola Jokic from Serbia. Serbia is probably the biggest competition in this tournament uh, for Team USA, if not Greece, simply because they have Giannis, as we mentioned at the top. Uh, but I think Jokic is kind of having a moment here. So as I wrote... Are, and are you sure recently? Are we sure uh, about Anthony Davis and his case for MVP? I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking that the more provocative opinion would be for Jokic being the guy who Ooh, is like pro- that. Who's probably like on the low one, has the best chance simply because. He already has shown that he's a frontline player. Obviously, he was a starter in the All-Star game, but he still has so much room to grow. He's still super young, and his usage rate was below 30, which you'd expect for a guy who's handling the ball as much as he does uh, would be way higher. And so I wonder if he'll take the reins for the Nuggets next season. But I think it's fascinating to to like watch him in this context with that in mind, considering if he does just carve up people, kind of like a old-school Gasol on Spain sort of thing. I wonder if that just gives him even more confidence going into the next season.
0: Well, if you remember, if you look at the 2016 Olympics, he had a really big game against Team USA. And I remember I was writing a piece like, wow, that's when I was like, Jokic, man. This dude is nasty. He gets a bucket on anybody.
1: You were on the ground floor, is what you're saying. You have receipts. No, I wasn't the ground floor. People,
0: The people in Denver were on the ground floor. They were telling me about him, and he was like a second-round pick. Mm. I'm like, okay. Um, but Like, Jokic, like, I think for the MVP vote, because, like, he's the one guy there's not going to be any ballot splitting, right? Like, with Anthony Davis, he has LeBron kind of taking votes from him. Whereas Jokic, like, if they win 60 games, he's getting all the credit. So I do think that gives him a pretty good chance
1: to be the MVP. Right. Unless Jeremy Grant steps in, ringer favorite. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes,
1: considering I how, love it. Considering how much ink we've spilled on Jeremy Grant this summer, uh, <laughs> he he definitely has some some supporters in that category. What was interesting, I thought, was when Vegas opened their MVP line, which I at this point is probably a month or two ago. Giannis was still the favorite, which surprised me because how often are we just going back to the well and and dubbing someone uh, MVP two times in a row? It's significantly rare. Obviously, Steph did it pretty pretty recently. And then Nash did it before him. But I mean, I think with those two examples, like Steph won
0: 73 games and then Nash played without Amari Stoudemire. So there was like a new storyline for those guys in those two years. I think you're right. Otherwise, there's always a new thing.
1: They play very dynamic styles. They're aesthetically, more aesthetically pleasing. Even though Jokic has these like crazy passes and uh, is just fun to watch rumble up and down the court, I do wonder if it gets held against him sometimes that even on the defensive end, where he may have a fine defensive game, but we probably only like look at the one or two plays where he just got cut back door and just like wasn't quick enough in order to cover. Ooh, you know what I'm just thinking about? He might be in better shape this year because of this
0: tournament. I feel like Jokic is very much a uh, I'll play my way into shape kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So he kind of usually shows up to camp, you know, got to burn some calories, kicks a few months to really get going. But with this tournament, maybe he should have to camp and really get shaped this year.
1: The Chris Paul method? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I like this conspiracy theory that this is actually the Nuggets, like they let him go and do this in order for him to burn some cows. Can I make a counterpoint here (laughs) real quick? Absolutely. As someone who played his way into shape during the course of the season (laughs) if you're not naturally in shape like you're not a naturally you're not a natural athlete as we all know that Jokic might not be it can kind of cut the other way sometimes like by the end of the year your knees just hurt more because you played the first two months Mm. of the season or the tournament on like way more weight than you should have been so playing basketball when you're out of shape can actually do more damage in the long run wow sports scientist Bobby I like this new look for you I'm John Brinkus welcome (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good point there because like the whole thing going to this tournament was like how much should these guys exhaust themselves before pretty big seasons for pretty much every significant player on Team USA uh, going like before camp like the Anthony Davis's uh, even a guy like Landry Shamit just didn't want to waste himself because the Clippers needed him. I do- See, that to me was kind of he didn't want to get cut. Let's be real. Like, people are just saying that Landry
0: was not in the sure. lock to make the team or anything.
1: Well, this team, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you're going with Joe Harris, is Landry Shamit that much worse? Joe Harris is like the best shooter in like the world.
0: or One of the best shooters.
1: Landry, Schammel's, Landry Schammel's a good shooter, but I don't know. Incredible beard, too. I'll be curious to see if he'll, he'll be sporting that in the humidity of China. Something to watch out there for guys. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting. It's just like, The Celtics, the entire Celtics team is here. And wow, what a cool little story. And maybe they'll bond over it. But if they don't get worn out, literally half of the rotation of the Boston Celtics, a team we expect to compete for, uh, you know, Eastern Conference supremacy, whatever you want to say. I think
0: if you're under 25, you'll be okay. Like, come on. If you're in your 30s, sure. Under 25, they can play all day. They'll be fine.
1: The other thing is, aren't you going to get sick of each other? Like, I'm not trying to see my colleagues for like, Twelve months straight. As much as that, I, first enjoy-
0: off, that hurts, Justin. <laughs>
1: me and Bobby are. I'm hurt
0: for Bobby. Oh like, my if, gosh.
1: Like, if Chark's accompany me in my vacation, like I'm sure we would have a fun time. You'd be
0: so. You would be blessed. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm sure you give great food wrecks uh, overseas, so uh, perhaps it would work the other way. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't. know. I, I'm a little dubious about all the stories coming out of Team USA that, like, oh Kemba, he's a great guy. Like, this is the start of of something new with the Celtics. Maybe they're just people, and then and like you know, maybe people shouldn't spend that much well, time. Well, it's
0: one of those things. Like, if you, in terms of like being a quote unquote great guy, if you're stepping in for Kyrie, it's like it's a very low bar to clear, right? It's like. Right, and your girlfriend like the last guy said was a really bad boyfriend. You do like really basic things. Oh, you're such a great guy. It's like yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to any of us.
0: I do think in terms of Jokic with this Serbian team, well, it's gonna be fun to watch with them. What I'm be watching? So they have Bogdan Bogdanovic, and the elites on this team too. Other NBA players, great I, pronunciation sharks. Really, uh, I'm just loving it. I know my I know my Balkans. They're both really <laughs> good passers. I think with Jokic is kind of fun to watch like in Denver he's like the only passer right they have mm-hmm. like Jamal Murray Gary Harris Will Barton Jeremy those Grant. guys pretty much just Jeremy jack Grant. shots Jeremy Grant Talk about last year though yeah I know so but I do like Jeremy Grant talks so I can <laughs> okay. that. but I, I think like those guys are all kind of like shot these jack shots right but in on the Serbian team like when Jokic passes the ball the ball can go back to him like there could be a lot more ball it could be really fun to watch I'm excited for that I think more than anything
1: Right. Yeah. And that's when I think about international basketball, I do think about those Spain teams that were the ball really popped. You had the Gasol bros. You had, yeah.
0: That's what I want to see with the Serbian team.
1: Right. Could Bogdan be the next rookie Rubio? Is that the headline? He's better.
0: That's my take. He's already better than rookie Rubio.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, Rubio definitely fell off as an NBA player, but Rubio as like an 18 year old teen sensation with just the doe eyes and all these like crazy passes. Like what an experience that was. Um, I will say Bogdan
0: is surprisingly handsome. I profiled him a couple <laughs> years ago. I was like,
1: this guy is really good looking. Oh my gosh,
0: I had no idea. All right, I'm just going to sidestep that one, but yeah. <laughs> we can talk Bogdan now, I think. I mean, I think he's another guy I'm really interested to watch in this role. He'll be the starting point guard. You know, And Sacramento he's a sixth man. I think that's a guy, he's up for an extension too after this year, who the king's to make a really tough decision on.
1: Right, and he's a guy who... Perhaps is displaced a little bit by putting down so much money the Kings for Harrison Barnes, a guy that they could potentially meet in like the final game. I wonder if there's like some weird like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen versus uh, what's his name from Ku um, coach, co coach, right? Yeah, I wonder if there's like a, a that much, sort of animosity. much lower level of that. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> the basement level of that sort of situation. Uh, but no, I mean, I think it, it's getting pretty crowded. That's what happens with some of these young teams. They have all these bites at the apple in the first round and in Bogdan's case in a trade where they have a lot of young talent, but at a certain point, you really need to carve out your team. And if they intend to play Barnes primarily as a three, that whole Fox buddy bogey situation, I don't know if it gets as much of a leash as perhaps it would have.
0: Yeah, and they and they really committed to Batley at the four. They want to play Harry Giles at the five. And I, and I think, like, last year when they got Per Barnes, it really kind of forced out Bielitza. And he was what really a key to their surprising start of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think where they really miss Bogdan is because you've got Buddy Heald, great shooter, not a good passer. You've got De'Aaron Fox, great passer, like average shooter. Bogdan kind of is the middle guy. where He's a really good shooter and a really good passer. And I think he's a big part of what they do. And I think they would really miss him if they let him go, which they might have to do because you're right. They just paid Harrison Barnes. They're gonna pay Buddy Hill this summer, probably a big extension. They've got Fox coming down the road. They've got Bagley down the road. Like the money's adding up for this team pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and I do wonder, like, when the window is at this point. If we're saying that they're almost too good not to make themselves, like, put themselves in the position to be in the lottery. The window is
0: this year. They want to make the playoffs this year,
1: right? But so does literally every team in the West, including the Suns. Yeah, that's true. So I just, I don't know if they have enough talent at this point in order to crack what is a, I don't know, nine or 10 deep rotation of teams that we all expect to be there. And I I
0: think like they have to get Bagley getting better. I really think I think it's Harrison Barnes. They've got to figure out is Barnes a three or is he a four? And if he's the four, is Bagley the five? I think Barnes is really the swing spot for their whole team. And as a Mavericks fan, having watched Harrison Barnes the last three years, I'm not sure that's that great, but he's a swing spot for you.
1: Sure. Yeah, they're definitely in this interesting limbo that a lot of hipster teams find themselves in where they've reached probably the end of being the fun team.
0: Yeah, now you got to win.
1: Now you have to win, right. Uh, And last year was a pretty good opportunity for them because they definitely were in the mix for a little while there. They definitely slacked off. I think the youth started to really catch up to them. Honestly, it
0: was trading for Barnes. That's when the team went south. Look at the... It's it's kind of funny how it worked
1: out that way. Kind of funny. All right, let's talk about one more guy here before we break. Uh, Frank Nilkina of France. One of the more interesting, I guess, players in the NBA. Uh, hopefully, things will be better, better for him with his national team. Uh, they have not gone particularly well uh, in the NBA. It seems like... The Knicks may have even moved on at this point, considering that he's now he's now like what third or fourth in the depth chart at point guard.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I think anytime the GM who drafts you gets fired, you're kind of in trouble as like a late lottery pick because he was obviously a Phil Jackson guy. Phil Jackson's gone, and they don't seem like the new the new uh, front office doesn't really value what he does well.
1: And getting Alfred Payton, a guy who does similar things as him offensively, he's he's more there to keep the ball moving and uh, fill in the gaps. I, I just don't know why you would play Nilakina over them if they don't have if they're not incentivized to really invest in uh, making Nilakina into something. It does feel like his time could come to a close, so that's why I'm interested to see if. He's more comfortable in a setting like this where he's probably played with some of these guys for a little bit, while, uh, for a little while now. Uh, you know, a guy like Nicholas Batum has always been good on an international stage. I wonder uh, if they could play off each other well. Although, at that point, wouldn't you probably prefer Batum to have the ball over a guy like Ni- Nilakina? Well, I mean, I think Nilakina
0: still play at this thing. And you've got the Knicks roster now. He's just not going to play right now. Like, so I went and did a piece on RJ Barrett a few weeks ago. on at their depth chart and, like, you look at their depth chart, they've got Dennis Smith, Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Wayne Ellington, Alonzo Trier, Marcus Morris, Kevin Knox, Reggie Bullock. That's eight perimeter players who are all above Nick Nilke in the rotation. So there just isn't minutes for him in New York. Hmm. And maybe even the guy, Brazdikas, from the second-round pick. So this is his one chance to kind of show the rest of the NBA that he's still a good player. Because this team is really set up well for him. So they have Gobert at center, Batum at four, Fournier at three, Remember Nano Colo?
1: Oh yeah, sure. I remember him. He'll
0: be, he'll be your two guards. So like you have four NBA quality players and Frank's kind of like your ersatz one who can play off Batum. This is really a time for him to play like 25 minutes a game, do well. France is a very good team. They could be a medalist team easily if they get Frank playing well. And if Frank plays well, maybe a team will trade for him because he's not going to play in New York this year. So they want
1: to move him for something, I'm sure. So what team... Would perhaps have the best chance of drawing something out of him, or who at this point is in a situation,
0: you know, to throw an like a gamble for you, out Justin. there?
1: Oh, I would love it. Hit so, me.
0: I was watching Kristaps Porzingis tape from my Mavs article from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Him and Frank actually had pretty good chemistry. I was like, wow, they really play well together. And the numbers, I think Frank and KP were like plus seven together in like you know four hundred minutes. Hmm, that was like his one positive player he was paired with. And I think the Mavs could use a long, a long athletic defender who can move the ball and play off Luca and KP. I think it'd be perfect. The Team Euro thing they got going on.
1: You don't think that would be duplicative of, of someone like Brunson? You don't think like, he would get forced out because they want to get Brunson those minutes? Well, because he can play off the wing because he's 6'5", 6'6". So
0: he's more like another DeLon Wright. And you can never have too many DeLon rides, just never do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the most Sharks comment uh, that I could ever construct. No, I, I mean, I'm trying to think here would the magic make sense? It seems like they're collecting a lot of point guards who can't shoot.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's minutes for him there because like he could be in that. Well, the problem is they have Markel Fultz already in that. Well, who knows? But and that's same, and they have Malikar Williams too. Mm-hmm. I think really for Frank, like he just got to play. I mean, he's what, 20 years old? He basically didn't play last year. A guy that age has got to get minutes. He's got to become more confident. I feel like his biggest thing is confidence. That's his biggest issue right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember I, I, I first watched Frank at the, uh, I think it was the under 18 European championships where he was the MVP. And that, in that, in that tournament, they were playing him like he was like Steph Curry. He was jacking like pull up 30 footers and stuff. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay. But he got to the NBA. He lost his confidence. He doesn't shoot very much anymore. And, If you're playing like five minutes a game, it's hard to be confident.
1: I'm always super intrigued by these second draft guys who, if you're not familiar with the concept, it's basically a lottery pick who fell out of favor with his first team, but you could perhaps, uh, another team could draw out some of the good things that made him a lottery pick to begin with, like the Josh Jackson of the Mm -hmm. world. Like Those guys are always going to be super intriguing to me because the one question about the NBA is like, how much is it just about raw talent versus system fit. I think in the NFL, you hear constantly about guys who just didn't fit the right system, right? Whereas in the M- NBA, you kind of think that it's only five guys. It's about putting the best five guys on the court that a guy will probably find his way. But a guy like Nikola kind of cuts against that where he has some skills, but he really just needs to find the proper environment, no?
0: Yeah. And I think it reminds me a lot of Dragan Bender, actually, in terms of these really young European guys, I think it hurts them coming over. They're ready, because like they get buried really quickly. They lose their confidence, and then it's like, oh, they're already yesterday's news. Bender and Nilkin are like twenty years old, and they're like, oh, these guys are washed up. I really feel like these European guys. It makes sense to wait. Like like Bogdan didn't come over. Until he was like twenty four. I think if if he came over at twenty years old, at nineteen years old, he wouldn't be very good. So like he got confident. He built up his bodies so when he got to the NBA. He was ready, because it really feels like. NBA teams are not very patient, right? Like, if you're Luka Doncic, you come in right away, you're good. That's great. But if you're not good right away, there's a clock on you really fast. And you get, like, maybe one year, maybe two, and then you're yesterday's news. Whatever. This guy sucks.
1: Yeah, which is particularly disappointing because the Knicks have all the time in the world. And if Well, the-
0: you look at their roster, they're trying to win or something. I don't know what they're doing, but they got a lot of veterans on this team.
1: Right. All right, let's wrap it here. Sharks. Uh, any predictions going into the World Cup? Who do you think is going to win this? I mean, I really want to pick
0: Serbia as like a hipster pick, but I, I got to stay with America, right? I can't go against Team USA. I'm
1: going to pick them without any confidence. Yeah, I really want to do the, the cut against the grain. I really want to be that guy. Bobby, how are you feeling? Team USA. Wow. I think there's a deep conspiracy. They're losing the <laughs> exhibition <laughs> games on purpose. Oh, they're
0: throwing games to get people overconfident? I like bar. it. That's, That's we can, a very we can, pop move. We can like drum that up
1: that kind of uh, the Kemba savior narrative again. Wow. I, for one, am ready for that. I know you are. (laughs) Uh, I will do it. I will say that Serbia is going to win this. Nice. I believe in in Jokic. He's my guy. I'm writing this take until uh, it gets boring, which will probably happen sooner.
0: I will say, if Pop plays Harrison Barnes over Chris Middleton, they deserve to lose. There's my take
1: for you. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to call it uh, Four sharks for Bobby. I'm Justin. We will catch you next time on the Ringer NBA Show.
0: Basketball is very good. ball is very good.